You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, Sean McVay. As we said, who knows? By the time you listen to this, he may have already made a decision. But look, there are already reports out there that even before the season started, there was momentum for him not coming back. We have to remember one thing, right? The guy is 36 years old. In good health, he can be coaching in the NFL for another 30 years. (laughs) I mean... All right, guys, welcome back to the Establish the Past podcast presented by Clutch Points. Uh, I am your host, Blake Level, with me, as always, my co-host, Dylan Reagan. We are back here to discuss plenty of stuff uh, because there were some things that happened uh, in week 18 of the NFL season and uh, obviously a lot of playoff implications at stake. We know the playoff field now, um, and we also know that there are some head coaches that are officially out, ones that we had a feeling, Dylan, were going to happen, but uh, we already had several that were official, but few more have been made official as well we've got one still looming although as you and i record you never know um by the time you listen to this that you may already know the answer uh but uh, plenty to discuss here uh dylan as we we jump into things after a a wild week 18 and uh, again a lot of head coaches that um some head coaches have decisions to make other head coaches um looking for new jobs so yeah, it was a really fun week of football, especially, uh, you know, we didn't record last week after the DeMar Hamlin situation and to know that now he's uh, got discharged from the hospital in Cincinnati heading back to the hospital in Buffalo. Definitely after, you know, a week where it was kind of dark and cloudy and a lot of questions were about what's going to happen moving forward and for him to, to progress as he has and then for the games to, uh, you know, him to be live tweeting the Bills playing and the two ki- uh, kickoff returns, it just brightened everything up. And then all, all the games across the board were you know, a lot of fun. Um, that's, you know, a lot of drama with a lot of things going down to the wire. Personally would have enjoyed the Sunday night game a tad more if the Lions were able to get in the playoffs <laughs> with that victory if the Rams had taken care of business in Seattle. But um, overall still a really fun slate of games. And now I think the playoff field overall, and especially in the AFC, but overall just – can't wait. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun moving forward. Yep, it is for sure. But before we dive into some of that, let's talk about some of this coaching stuff because there is a lot uh, to look at here. And one of the main decisions right now that is to be made, uh, actually two of them, I'm going to start with the first one. Sean Payton, we know, is going to be back in the NFL coaching somewhere, is my guess, heading into next season. And, of course, the Broncos have been heavily already tied into perhaps bringing him in. Uh, He had mentioned himself that the Broncos um, had received, you know, permission to interview him. And um, that is something that I think, what is it, can't happen until January 17th, I think is the the date officially. So um, that's kind of a one you could circle there as a possibility. But, you know, for Sean Payton, Dylan, he is someone that I think will, given what he's achieved – we'll maybe have his pick in terms of uh, looking at all these different possibilities as it stands now. Now, we never know if someone in the playoffs could get fired. That's always a possibility, too. Um, But as things stand right now, you know, you're looking at five openings. And um, as we said, there's another one with um, Sean McVay and the Rams that we will discuss in a second. 
that number could go to six. Um, by the time you listen to this, uh, as we said, that number could get higher uh, after the playoffs. But for now, Sean Payton and the Broncos linked together as a possibility. But as we said, there are others out there now. Uh, the Texans uh, fired Levy Smith the second straight year. They fired their head coach for one season. Um, the Cardinals fired Cliff Kingsbury. Don't think that was a huge surprise. There's obviously some appeal there with maybe the offensive um, things that they have uh, in place. And then it's the other teams we've already talked about, the Panthers, the Broncos, and the Colts. Uh, so I guess, Dylan, one of the, the big questions is, will this be as simple as Sean Payton being traded to the Broncos as their head coach? Uh, or do we think, like, do one of these other jobs maybe make more sense from him uh, just from the standpoint of, of what we've seen throughout his career? It's an interesting just case in terms of I don't think he feels rushed. It's something that it maybe eventually could happen for McVay if he steps down and then looks at coming back down the line in terms of they're not going to – you know, a lot of coaches are in a situation where if you can get the opportunity to become a head coach and you've been uh, an assistant for years and you've been a coordinator and whatnot and the opportunity arises, it's hard to turn it down even if the situation you're going to is far from ideal. I think for Peyton, I mean, the – it's tough. I, I just don't know. I think he's going to be patient, likely, in terms of waiting to see if other jobs open, in particular the Rams. Do the, I don't think I don't know if that makes any sense at all for Sean Payton and to go there, and if they would even have the draft capital to trade uh, for him. I don't think it's to answer the question about is it as simple as um, them just trading him. I don't believe so. I think a team would need the pretty good assurance that he's going to sign a longer term yes. extension once he is traded and not giving up assets for nothing. So. Um, I, he's going to have a major. He's going to play a major factor in where he ends up. I out of the jobs right now. I, I guess the Broncos is where the most traction's going, and where I guess it makes sense. I don't know. You know, I think he's. You know, his offensive background. He's just because Russell Wilson doesn't mark the match the prototype of uh, what the Sean Payton offenses looked like and what Lombardi's tried to do with the Chargers even um, this uh, over the last couple of years with Justin Herbert. Maybe it doesn't really match the skill set of Russell Wilson. I, you think he's creative enough guy that he could figure out things there. They still have a lot of weapons. Um, uh, you even saw for moments, obviously, against a lot of at some points backups for the Chargers, but also a lot of starters yesterday that the Broncos offense looked a little better. Looked like Russell Wilson was making some of the plays we're used to seeing him make back in Seattle. So maybe that is the one place where right now um, you could see it potentially fitting. I I don't know though. I don't I don't know if there's a perfect fit for him. I know that it's the easy answer, but like before the season, everyone's like, if the Cowboys. Um, did not live up to expectations and they still did lose to the commanders. And if they were to lose and uh, to your point in the first round of the playoffs to yeah. Tampa Bay to an eight, nine Tampa it's Bay possible. team, is it possible that that's the opening? It's just in terms of fit for him, obviously his relationships with Jerry Jones and that organization are a tie into it and how they, uh, you know, look at uh, how over the years, it seems like it's just kind of been a rumored thing and, it, and the fit of the roster, the players, maybe that maybe, I, maybe Sean Payton doesn't, Run, run into this this year maybe it's next year maybe this does get the we, we keep pushing this forward because again it's not like other coaching candidates that could, are just going to get an opportunity and take it whatever it is like he can just sit and be like carolina indy I'll, I'll you know houston not that i don't even think houston would be possibly consideration for him but yeah, uh i think so I, I just don't think that he's gonna run and in, rush into anything he has a unique um situation uh, at the moment where he can kind of just play it out and be perfectly content until that opening comes up and maybe it's uh it comes down to just waiting another year well and it is like i said it's a complicated situation right because it does involve more than just 
going and taking another like there, there's probably details of trades like there's just stuff that yeah. we don't you know it's just that kind of thing that i think makes the situation a little more complicated although uh, you know i think if there's mutual interest and such that it'll it'll kind of work its way out but it does feel like maybe it's a little more complicated than than meets the eye and i mean you know i think that's that's what becomes interesting is if someone if there's a job of a you know team that's in the playoffs that becomes available then i think there's a lot more interest there because the quarterback position i think will be essential for him and if you look at it how it's lined up right now of the jobs that we know are available not counting the rams which i think you have to throw that one into play um if it does become available you know the quarterback situation colts you have no idea panthers you have no idea um broncos you have russell wilson but that's as we saw this season that's um it's not the old situation uh when you bring his name up in that category i mean the texans you know uh, like i said i i I think davis mills was fine but it's think it's very clear that you know their their choice if available is going to be bryce young although they may have given that opportunity away um you know and then you look at the cardinals who have Kyler Murray, but who knows when he's going to actually play again uh, based off the injury, so you won't have him to start the season. And even then, I think there have certainly been ups and downs for him thus far in his career, so that's a lot of questions. So, um, yeah, I mean, he's uh, – I think we had we had said, right, I mean, the Broncos, I think that there's a lot of – I think that would make a lot of sense just based on the way the defense is structured. And of the, of the group that's available, I mean, Russell Wilson – is at his best still probably the best of the crew yeah. um you know so i i don't know i mean it's it's a unless you know unless you look at it as a draft pick situation where oh man if i'm sean payton i'm looking at the draft and i'm saying oh wow you know i i see a a bryce young or i see a i don't know whoever right cj stroud or somebody like and you just are like wow like that's what i need but those are even with the quarterback i think some of those teams that are bad of this group are, are bad beyond the quarterback position and it will take more time to, to build back up so i think that the colts become a little more intriguing by blowing that game uh, i think it ends up yeah, oh, now they're, they have the number four pick and they would have probably been yeah. at least back at number seven or so I, i'm not positive i think that's around where they would have been based on their uh record does that those yeah. uh, increase their odds to get if stroud's available still at four um he certainly boosted his stock with his performance against georgia in the playoff game uh for ohio state i i, I know we've mentioned will levis anthony richardson i mean, we're gonna get on to all the draft stuff later but if there's someone high up in the draft for indianapolis that maybe sean payton believes uh maybe the colts do become a team that in that at least matches up with the broncos i don't know if that's one that uh, ultimately is going to be really considering um sean payton at this point i don't know if it's really been rumored too much but that you know that's only one other factor there but i kyler yeah you'd think that and the cardinals have the third pick i you know imagine they're gonna the needs they have on their defensive line imagine they'll take one of will anderson or jalen carter um do you think with that piece there's just a lot of other things on that team for the cardinals beyond kyler that i would have question marks about so yeah it's just a lot of again it's just a lot of questions with these teams that um maybe the broncos have the fewest but um maybe they, they are the most attractive where you look at it and be like i can make that work uh, i don't know that doesn't always pan out well but 
Yeah. Uh, maybe this is a case where, again, I think even if it's not, even if Russell Wilson doesn't fit right into the the system that we've seen and we've come to know for, from Sean Payton, he's a creative enough guy. We've seen him do different things that he could probably figure out a way to make it look better than it did uh, this season. I, I wouldn't doubt that. And uh, not say, that's not necessarily saying a lot, though. I think a lot of coordinators and other uh, coaches, when presented the opportunity, might be able to improve that Broncos offense. Some, definitely something that we're going to be following this whole offseason. All right, Sean McVay. Um, as we said, who knows? By the time you listen to this, he may have already made a decision. But he's he's what's the wording, Dylan? He's he's taking the time to think about yeah. his future, the best for his family, and those kind of things. And I just I feel like look, there are already reports out there that even before the season started, there was momentum for him not coming back. Um, and I think at this point, like it's just. You know what I mean? I just I feel like it's I feel like he's he's gonna step away because I we have to remember one thing, right? The guy is thirty six years old. You know, in good health, he can be coaching in the NFL for another thirty years. <laughs> I mean, that's a long time. And so like at this point, you know, yes, the drive the coach will, you know, can keep the the season's like, Oh yeah, I'm gonna come back and let's just keep going. But at the same time, think about all the opportunities he'll have broadcasting wise. He can step away for a couple seasons, or uh, you know, season or two, whatever, and get back into it refreshed. Um, if I'm a betting man, that's the the route I'm betting on right now. But it does kind of make for an interesting discussion because, like we said, then you can throw the Rams in the mix for Sean Payton. Um, it opens up a lot of possibilities for the Rams, for for in a lot of ways, right? Look at just the structure of the roster right now. Like there, there's a lot of questions, and we're gonna tie that into the. <laughs> the Rams and the the Broncos in a second, because as we said, maybe it feels like the Broncos, you know, maybe the, the front runner for Sean Payton. But if you, the, the one common theme between both of those teams is that both of them were hugely disappointing this season. And that opens up a lot of questions for Sean McVay, opens up a lot of questions for the Rams uh, and so forth. Yeah. It's a, it's a tough thing for, uh, you know, to, to really pinpoint for Sean. It, it seems like it's a buildup of, not just the losing this season, but as you mentioned, things happening before uh, leading up to the year, the burnout, he kind of just a workaholic that is obsessive over the craft and um, thought, you know, maybe when they won the Super Bowl that he'd have some sense of, you know, gratification and relief. And the thing is the nature of the NFL and uh, life just goes on. Like, yeah, you won the Super Bowl, but the next after a week or whatever long it is, you're back trying to yeah. catch up on game tape and trying to all the work you usually put in during those weeks in January and February, you're you're behind on. Now you're building that back up. Obviously, the personnel issues with injuries. I mean, they had not you know they had a ton of injuries this year. And you look at a lot of teams that dealt with injuries in the past that held up better than the Rams did. I think it's just part of their structure that they were beneficial or lucky and not just lucky, but how the the training staff and the, the way the players. Uh, condition and everything to not have these kind of rash of injuries uh, hit them in previous seasons they have fairly solid injury luck over the whole Sean McVay uh, tenure until this past year so all of that built in together now with the losing and reflecting on a you know a league that you know and when you win the Super Bowl especially every team's coming to get you and having that target on your back but also the entire scheme that McVay and everything that the Rams and even the Shanahan further offenses have done for years 
being targeted by teams with the, the way teams defend now. And you saw this year that having a really good offensive line <laughs> goes a long way. Look at the top two teams at NFC and yeah. how pivotal it is for the Niners. Yeah, they have great skill players on Philadelphia and San Francisco, but those offensive lines are set the tone for what they're able to do. And the Rams just, you know, Whitworth retires, you have injuries and it's a tough thing. And yeah, for, for the way that McVeigh was talking in his press conference, only caught a few clips, mostly seeing what beat reporters are saying, seemed pretty reflectful um, in terms of, you know, maybe he is looking back on it. Does he, though, at the same time it weighs on him? And from Jordan Rodrigo, the athletic, the Rams beat writers, he wrote about, like, um, keeping in mind, and he, he's very much keeping in mind, all the different people that are impacted by a decision like this. Like, he can't just probably step away and come back you know back to the rams he'd have to come back coaching somewhere else and after he built everything with the foundation of the culture and you know even going into the, they lost yesterday but they're still playing hard they still you know beat the broncos down pretty hard on christmas this is a team that didn't for being five and 12 didn't really, really look that week to week necessarily down the stretch with how they how they played and some of the younger guys um pushing forward and knowing they're playing for their roles next year so it's uh it's an interesting case and I for Sean Payton I you know I mentioned earlier like the, the draft pick stuff and I don't know if the Rams would have the capital to, to pull that off they do have their second and third round picks and like uh, ten, like nine or ten with you count all the comp picks total picks but uh, it seems like the Saints won a first rounder uh, they, they want to recoup the first rounder they traded to Philly for a lot uh, you know yeah. trading up to get a lave and um I don't know. I, I just, yeah, in terms of a team and look at the structure, does he believe Stafford's going to be fully healthy from Sean Payton's point of view? Maybe it could be attractive. Offensive line getting healthier. I know everyone getting healthier, basically every star player on the team. That is the kind of hire I'm sure the Rams would like to have if McVay is gone, but they might want to keep higher from within too. Uh, I know Raheem Morris being interviewed, I believe, for the Broncos job as well, but someone that as an internal candidate would make sense to keep that defense together, keep – you know, there's questions not just of McVeigh retiring, right? Like Aaron Donald almost retired after they won the Super Bowl last year. If if McVeigh's mm-hmm. gone and he's not sold on who the new coach is, is he gonna possibly step down? I think Stafford's the only one so far that today had said confirmed he's not retiring, um, even if McVeigh uh regardless of McVeigh's future. So um but all those things I, I think Sean is it seems like he's very cognizant of not just his own decision, but like how it impacts so many other people. So that's the that's the part, the tough part here, where I think that there's a chance that he'll step away, and the Rams uh, have given him. There's no like deadline for him to figure it out, which will make it tough if they want to hire someone else, or you know, limiting the, the chance of one of their own, like a Raheem Morris getting hired somewhere else, and now they can't promote from within. It's all kind of open in the air. And again, another thing that McVeigh is probably uh, very cognizant about is the impact of how waiting uh, makes it more difficult for the Rams if he does move on. So. All these things, it feels like hopefully within the week or so we'd get some answers, like you mentioned, by the time we can be recording right now and see something come out about this. But um, it's I don't know if Sean Payton, organizationally, yes, I think that would have been like, you know, I'd still, even with their record, you'd still like to think that the Rams would be one of the more um, preferable uh, openings of the current list. But uh, I just don't know if it's going to work out just given that Sean Payton's still under contract the same way that if McVay did come back and uh, maybe let's say he steps away and within two years wants to get back into coaching, he's still under contract through 2026. So another team's going to have to trade for him the same way at that point, I guess. <laughs> yeah, a lot of trades coaching-wise uh, at this point. But all right, before we get to the games quickly, if we have to look back on it and we, we have to make our – 
our choice. Rams or Broncos? Who who was the more disappointing team in the 2022 NFL season? You know I'm biased as a Rams fan. I I think it it does oh, cushion the blow. Just, yeah. It does cushion the blow winning the Super Bowl the year before, but to have the worst record of any team to uh to win a Super Bowl, I I think it um the next season I think the Rams would qualify for me. It's a tough I think the question though is valid like I mean the Broncos expectations were the bar, bare minimum they and their building they thought they were a Super Bowl contender but the bare minimum was a playoff team, right? Even in a loaded AFC and to be that awful on offense and not, you know, have a defense that played so well and, and feel like with that unit at, at the capabilities they had, you had a really good chance to be uh, a threat. Um, so I think it's it's valid, but I know the injuries are one thing, but to, to go from, you know, the Super Bowl to 5-12 and 12 is pretty pretty remarkable. And, I, I, you know, if, if McVay does stay, I, I am intrigued by what next year could look like and how what this – despair and falling down into this um the depths of the nfl what what it could do for mcveigh this offseason as a refresher but even with another coach i do think they still have a lot of potential so do the broncos um but yeah i think both teams are uh, probably the two biggest failures in the league it's just a, a matter of opinion which one's number one and what's number two in my opinion at least outside of you know you could make different uh, it's a whole different discussion for a team like the texans where we knew they were going to be bad um but the dysfunction with the way they've fired coaches and whatnot's a whole different story <laughs> yep i i think just go, being super bowl champion and going like you said of that record you you probably pick the rams because uh, i mean the broncos i don't know that we were some people were projecting as a playoff team but it wasn't like they were going to win the division or anything yep. um but boy when you watch the broncos first year coach uh, it's about as about as disappointing as it gets so two yep. separate situations but i think uh, the fact that the rams won the super bowl makes them probably the choice here um on that all right let's jump into um we're not going to go as we usually do you know we usually go through every game get some thoughts on it we're not going to do that here we're just going to focus on the games that have playoff implications because you already know who won the games and um you already know the playoff schedule so we're going to kind of focus more on those games and then we'll get into the actual picks um once we you know get into the next episode of, for, for our playoff game uh, picks on that. So, all right, let's talk about the Titans and the Jags because that was an interesting game uh, where, quite honestly, I, I felt like all the momentum had somehow swung in the Titans' favor as this yep. game had gone along. Uh, but then the final stretch of the game happened and it completely changed everything. Uh, I felt like the Titans were just going to kind of grind their way to a win there, but um, a couple key mistakes late changed everything and that gave the Jags the momentum and quite honestly uh, you know even though the way the game was playing out you thought one thing if you looked at the trends these were two teams heading in opposite directions and I think the Jags have a much better chance of winning a playoff game than the Titans do um, and so um, I think you know the, for the Jags to win was not surprising the outcome but maybe how they got there was a little surprising just based on how that game played out. Yeah, their defense really put their the team on their back, um, but on both sides, uh, right? I mean, like ten, like you're mentioning, Tennessee had all the momentum. They were dominating in that second half, and even a few other times, the the Jaguars got a little cute with some of the play calls. They had that one turnover on the tr on the end around trick play, but uh, it still just felt like they were dominating up front. You'd see the push, and it, you'd see like the little moments where it's like. Trevor had Trevor Lawrence has someone open, but he just has to step back because uh, they're 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 uh, getting through the in, the interior of the line and uh, making him throw off his back foot. It, it kind of became a theme of the whole second half, and it was just like, what's going to happen? Are they going to just really hold on to this lead? And then obviously, it just takes one 
play that you know didn't they didn't really talk about it as much of a controversy on tv i thought it was pretty close um if if Dobbs had fumbled the ball, I did think ultimately watching in slow mo that it would probably come loose before his hand flipped it forward. But they kind of just like confirmed that uh, really quickly. I thought they would have taken a little more time to look over um, that. But yeah, like you mentioned, the Jags probably a bigger threat moving forward in the playoffs. I'm, I'm sure from the point of view of the, the Chargers and even at the time uh, the Ravens thinking they had a shot at the five seed. I'm sure they were probably wanting the Titans to win even against that defensive front, which is a problem and has been really good for Tennessee in years past. We saw what they did in the playoffs against the Bengals uh, a year ago with all those sacks. But um, it's just on offense. Yes, Derrick Henry still looked pretty good in this game. They're still able to, to do some things. Dobbs looked you know both games against Dallas and Jacksonville I thought he looked pretty good I think it'll be interesting to see where he ends up as a as a backup option that has um, some uh, higher floor maybe than some of these other guys but um, ultimately the thing is you know it's impressive about this for the Jaguars you know they finished last in DVOA last year to finish 13th this year um, and be a top 10 offense Uh, it's everything you could have hoped for from Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence his whole development has been uh, in the second half of the season in particular, he's really come into his own and become one of the top young quarterbacks in the league with a, a league full of top young quarterbacks, a conference full of them. Um, but the thing that was really impressive about this was the fact they still won, not because of him, but because of their defense making plays. And you saw Trayvon Walker, we haven't hardly talked about him on this podcast, uh, much less than any other number one pick probably since we started. And he has a couple, a big sack, a big pressure that leads to another sack. Um, their whole defensive line kind of came together down the stretch there against, you know, Tennessee's O-line has its issues, but it was impressive to see. And you, you do think that now that Charger-Jag game is going to be pretty entertaining. You got two young, really fun quarterbacks and uh, defenses that have question marks and not uh, a defense for the Chargers that until yesterday had looked pretty good, right? Their secondary in the second half of the year had been one of the better ones uh, advanced stat-wise, any regular counting stats and uh, rough day, but not much to play for, but it's going to be a really fun matchup to watch those two go at it. And, uh, interesting to see, um, you know, the, the Jaguars again, go from what they were, where they were last year, all the questions we had. And I, I you have to think that Doug Peterson's going to be in the running with Brian Dable and, um, and Dan Campbell and some of these other, uh, coaches that were able to put together, uh, Pete Carroll, even like seasons where you just didn't expect maybe quite as good of a, a year, especially for the Jags though, to start like they did. I think they're seven, seven and two in their last nine, something like that. It's just, uh, they're, they're definitely uh, going to be a really fun team to follow moving forward. And you saw the city embrace them too. The atmosphere in Jacksonville was, even when they made the playoffs, uh, you know, in the Blake Bortles era, I, I, I feel like the, I hadn't seen an atmosphere in Jacksonville like that since I was a pretty uh, young kid. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, it's fun to see. And again, we, we thought some of the pieces were in place. It was just a matter of how quickly it could all get there. And, and here they are now in the playoffs and uh yeah i mean i as we'll talk about in the preview i mean it's not the worst matchup in the world i don't think uh for the jacks uh, hosting a playoff game against the chargers so we'll talk about it see what we decide on our picks there certainly a disappointing finish for the titans who will be looking for a new gm uh, to try to figure yep. out their path forward um so, and perhaps look at their quarterback situation and see what happens there so a lot to figure out for the titans i think this offseason all right more AFC drama, uh, of course, took place in trying to figure out who was going to get the final playoff spots. Uh, the Patriots, you know, were in a good spot technically. We're not in a good spot in the fact that they had to play uh, in Buffalo against the yeah. Bills. And, uh, <laughs> of course, the, the Jets-Dolphins game had ramifications on that, and so did the Browns-Steelers. Of course, you start with the Bills-Patriots. I mean, 
you certainly could not have i don't even know it's it's still wild to me that the, the game opens on a yeah. kickoff return in favor of the bills and of course uh, naheem hines winds up returning two kicks for a touchdown in that game um first time that's happened in a long time um so yeah i mean you look at it from that standpoint bills win the game i don't think you're any surprised by that at all given the demar hamlin situation that was a very emotional game for the bills patriots just were I mean, again, it was always going to be tough, I think, to win that game to get into the playoffs. Meanwhile, Dolphins-Jets was not pretty. <laughs> but, you know, I don't think that's surprising either, given the fact that Tua was not playing. You knew the Jets were going to make this a defensive type of grind, I think. And um, Dolphins just find a way, and that's all you can ask for at this time of year. You just find a way to win. Um, so, of course, the Dolphins are the team of this trio of games that gets into the playoffs. Given that, Steelers did their their job um by getting a win but ultimately it doesn't matter there yeah uh, outside of you know keeping that that record going for mike tomlin <laughs> and pittsburgh finding ways to to i think they also went seven and two in their last nine and for finding a way to get a winning record by the end of it at nine and eight um credit to them to not you know just pack it in when they were two and six and really fight down the stretch and i thought kenny pickett really improved um over the course of the year but yeah as you mentioned it didn't matter uh things looked like they were possibly going to break their legs perfectly um with the outcomes uh, just the jets joe flacco wasn't able to do anything and uh I mean, you know i i know we talk a lot about uh, we have in the past about running backs only having so much importance to an offense but I th- you look at the difference between when Brees Hall was healthy and when he wasn't and even with the quarterback's yeah. situation there they, they were still getting the job done enough that defense we, we talked about them last year they were uh, going into the season I, had a, I still had concerns they were going to be that good because they finished like 31st in DVOA they were awful to finish fifth and then miss the playoffs the way they did it's disappointing um and at least maybe try to do what the Lions did by pulling in your division rival down with you like they could have with the Dolphins I mean, it was right on the table it's not like Skylar Thompson was lighting the field on fire and um Miami just you know found a way like you said it, it was a game <laughs> not not your okay. typical uh nine to six um uh you know what you're really anticipating for a game with the playoffs on the line but um the line or dolphins find a way i'm sure by wednesday we'll have maybe a little more information on whether Tua will play i know tyreek talked about it and mike mcdaniels makes it has made it seem like and rightfully that they're gonna just you know not try to rush anything if he's cleared he's cleared if he's not he's not and that is what it is uh it's definitely what you got to do with all the, the seriousness of the concussions he's had but uh, just yeah it was, it was really fun that between those three games to have it so many things going on and the Patriots kept it close they, they fought for a lot of the game it wasn't until you know Josh Allen went superhero mode with two ridiculous long touchdown passes where he's throwing from that one opposite hash to digs the other play I think they said it was uh someone of the beat writers for the Bills say it was John Brown's fourth offensive snap of the year I was gonna say that, that he caught wild. that touchdown yeah. on and he made a fantastic catch and then obviously yeah you mentioned the two kickoff returns it's just it was I got chills as it was happening as I'm sure basically everyone did uh you have DeMar Hamlin live tweeting the whole game which was so fun um it just felt like buffalo wasn't going to lose that game even when it in the middle of the game it did look like the pace the the pats were fighting hard and had a had a chance there um it just you know it's just too little too late that you know new england had an interesting season i you know eight and nine they're probably a little better than that i'd I'd say they're probably closer to a a nine you know at least one more win maybe ten and seven with just some bad results against teams that they you know you felt like they could have taken care of business with obviously the the raider game (laughs) comes to mind in particular um but it was it was just going to be a hard 
uh, to, to to top Buffalo. So I think ultimately Miami, you know, they're they'll only they finished eighth in total DVOA in the year. They probably deserve to be a playoff team, even if that uh, five game losing streak would make you think otherwise. The defense has gotten better uh, while the offense is uh, plateaued and gotten you know without two, it's obviously a shell of its former self. But uh, should be you know they if. Again, it really that playoff game. We'll talk about it more soon. But if two is not playing, it's like uh, that spread is going to be massive. But with them, I mean, they almost just beat Buffalo a few weeks ago in Buffalo, and uh, conditions that are probably going to be worse than what it sounds like. It's going to be potentially similar weather to what it was in Week 18. So, uh, should be an interesting one. But yeah, it was a, it was fun to watch all those games kind of run down, and you know looking at what Pittsburgh can become I think I'm if I'm a Steeler fan I'm way more optimistic right now than I was um before the season even um and for the Jets it's just about finding a, a quarterback right I, I know that yeah. they've been rumored a lot for Derek Carr um who knows what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers not saying he's going to follow Brett Favre's suit I, some some fans might forget in the one year with New York before going to Minnesota um but uh they're a team that no matter what they do on that side of the ball I think that's the biggest thing they got to figure out because they Otherwise, with that defense, their offensive line's pretty solid. Get healthier there. Jets are going to be uh, a really fun one, a team to follow, and what Joe Douglas has done building the structure there. Obviously, the Zach Wilson pick. We, I don't think we were exactly in love with it at the time. I, we were probably not as yeah. down on it as everyone, trying to give him a chance. But it is, uh, you know, that you, you think about the costliness of we just saw the Texans poss- possibly lose their chance at Bryce Young. Um, you think of those those games in 2020 that didn't really mean much, but the Jets winning and the Jags getting Trevor Lawrence. This weekend was as big of you know as much as we I, we talked about that Jets uh, Jags game on Thursday night earlier this year and how that was like a case, like a great case study of the importance of getting that guy and how you know maybe it is better to lose those games. Uh, maybe this weekend was too in terms of where the Jets are and how close they could be and what the Jags just accomplished uh, with that answer under center. Yep, uh, a lot of. Of interesting things moving forward with a lot of those teams but as we said uh it's the dolphins heading to the playoffs and uh we will see how things unfold there i don't i don't love the dolphins matchup uh, unlike the perhaps the jags matchup against the chargers so yeah. we'll see about that all right um boy let's let's talk about well let's, let's talk about the Rams, seahawks and lions packers real quick and then we'll talk about the other thing that certainly was one of the more wild um occurrences of the day um of course, we, we kind of saw how the everything was going to play out. Rams Seahawks was going to determine what happened with Packers Lions. That is the way things had played out. And, uh, you know, as the Seahawks missed that kick, which sent it to overtime, you're thinking, oh boy, like this, this may, may actually be it. We may actually get the Packers versus Lions with, you know, to see how this thing plays out here. But ultimately, it was not the case. Seahawks find a way to win in overtime but uh not to say lions packers didn't still have some meaning as we know because the packers just needed to win and well they did not as the detroit lions sweeped the packers well, what's the what's the date on that what's how long has it been since that happened dylan i'm sure oh man i'll have to there, look it up let's it's see it's gotta be a while right um i can't even think off the top of my head what year that would have been that the lions yeah, sweeped me, the packers. let me find that there's gotta but be somewhere i can nonetheless find that. The Lions, as we said, um, come in basically with nothing to play for, but just kind of what you expect from the Lions. Uh, given how they finished their season, they just kind of, you know, were able to make enough plays defensively. Offense did just enough. And for the Packers, undoubtedly a disappointing finish, which, of course, leads to, Dylan, as we know, a very uh, interesting 
kind of um, future now for Aaron Rodgers and what happens there. Uh, but uh, what it comes down to is the Seahawks make the playoffs. And going into the day, I don't think that would have been um, what a lot of us expected based on the fact that I think everyone thought that the Packers would just find a way. But turns out the Lions uh, go to Green Bay, win that one, and Seahawks are headed to the playoffs. Yeah, the Packers offensive line picked a bad time to revert to some of the stuff we saw from them earlier in the year. They did not. It was one of the, their worst games probably since uh, early in that in the season. Um, defensively, I thought they did enough that against a pretty potent Lions attack. They did get a bit lucky with that one. Uh, I forget if it was, hold, I think it was hold, holding on the touchdown to Jamison Williams. Um, and then, obviously, one of the Rodgers picks got called back from illegal hands to the face. So they had a few things break their way, and they still couldn't quite get it done. A, a lot of people joked kind of joked before the game um that the lines are gonna be more dangerous uh, with nothing to play for and uh after seattle uh, outside outside of knocking out the packers um after seattle had won but uh it kind of played out with some of the play calling down the stretch and some of the unique uh end around uh you know the hook and ladder uh little screen play to deandre swift um obviously some of the aggressiveness on fourth down um but overall, I mean, the line. This is kind of who the lines have become over the course of the year. They're a team that you know they also started one and six, right, um, and to, to finish down the stretch, winning eight of their uh, last ten games. Like uh, another, t- you know, in terms of hype meter, like looking at uh, who we're going to be talking about in the offseason next year when we're most excited for. Obviously, the lines are going to be high up on that list. Would have been regardless of the outcome here. Uh, would have loved for them to have been in the playoffs. I, you know, I, you know, not that Seattle's not a good, great story with what uh Gino has done and how he's finally getting the chance and you're seeing some of the things he's able to do and how great you know maybe it hasn't been as perfect as it was early in the year when they're playing some defenses that weren't as great thought their defense hasn't exactly stayed at the top level as it was for all the year but they had done it they did enough and I don't think outside of Seattle a lot of people thought they'd be in the playoffs in the NFC so great story still on their own but I mean the Lions you know if they had gotten into the postseason there I don't know if anyone would give them too much of a chance against the Niners in that matchup if that had been the case but man it would have been something um to to at least get them to to continue to play they're just so fun um such a fun group dan campbell so authentic and so just likable uh at least that's my read on it Uh, i was looking at the the last you're mentioning the last time the lions had won is actually a couple years where the packers uh didn't make the playoffs 2017 and 18 i think the crazier stat i heard yesterday was that last time the uh this is a little separate but the last time the steelers finished with a worse record than the browns was 1988 which is just absolutely absurd. I know there's a few years where the Browns weren't playing football, but uh, maybe that's a little more domination than I guess maybe we're giving the Lions for credit uh, with the Packers. But yeah. it, it did seem like a somewhat of a, not passing of the torch, but like the Lions kind of putting their foot down is like, we're not going to, this is who we are now. This is where we're going to be around. A lot of maybe questions for them. They, they have a super high draft pick, I think sixth, either fifth or sixth from the, the Rams pick that they got from Stafford. So, I mean, if they wanted to, try to look at more options under center i think they're just going to keep building the roster out and go from there because you're seeing already just fix up the defense a bit the offense is more has tons of playmakers and ben johnson we'll see if he ends up getting hired because he i mean his his stock has obviously skyrocketed with detroit's uh play this year um that yeah i I mean maybe i'm just too uh, giddy about thinking what the lines are doing to haven't given enough time talking here about the packers i think they're i mean that's as as big of a story as what is going to happen with aaron Rodgers. and i think they're i mean talk about a roster that's still has a lot of good pieces in my mind um just a few tweaks here and there i don't think they're going to be going anywhere i think this is 
less of a blip. This is a team that won 13 games three straight years right before this. Um, but is it with Rodgers under center? That is the the question that I don't even think he knows the answer to, as he alluded to after the game last night. Um, it's probably I'm just like it has been the last couple off seasons, Blake. It's going to be us talking about where Rodgers is going to end up. He'll probably end up just back in Green Bay, just like he did the last two times. I don't know. There there might have been a difference with um the way he was talking last night and just the way this year went um and from the Packers point of view even he said uh Rogers said it'd be a little egotistical to think that he can just decide if he wants to come back or not maybe this is the time where the Packers uh kind of do what they did uh when Rogers came uh became the starter with Brett Favre did they decide to move on it's kind of crazy the symmetry of them both winning a Super Bowl in their first few years of starting and then having good teams that didn't quite get over the hump. And then it's just the symmetry is absolutely, uh, it's just hard to think about because you just didn't think it was going to happen the same way. Yet here we are where I feel like I'm having flashbacks uh, to those years. Yeah. By the way, I was, I was said it, you kind of forget. And as we mentioned, the last couple of years have felt like a century at times. Um, but yeah, like the, the Lions, 2017 18 i think that's right and then it had been since 1991 before that before so that i think we just kind of blipped on forgetting that but it's easy to forget when you have so many football games that have been played and <laughs> um some things have happened in the world and so yes yeah. um but uh lions with a a huge win and packers a disappointing season to say the least and uh listen if you'd have told me the bucks would still find a way to make the playoffs uh right and um where both teams were out i, I don't know i I probably would have banked on neither making it, but uh, I don't know if I wouldn't have picked the Packers to, to make it over the Bucks. the way things were trending there for a bit. But um, nonetheless, the Bucks are in, the Packers are not. And that is that. All right. Um, how about this? I mean, Dylan, this whole Bears-Texans thing, right? I mean, as you're watching this play out, you're like, this isn't going to happen. There's no way. Um, like, come on. Like, every opportunity was there for the Texans to just – you know, just be done. Like, like they they had every opportunity to lose the game, but they find a way to win the game. And Lovey Smith gives the ultimate middle finger, apparently on the way out uh, of Houston, because not only does he cost the Texans <laughs> the number one pick by winning the, a meaningless game against the Colts, but the Bears wind up getting the number one overall pick after they get destroyed uh, by the Vikings in their finale. So we do know the order. Uh, Bears won, Texans two. Uh, but what a wild way that whole thing played out because every improbable play that the Texans needed to win the game, uh, they somehow made. And I can only imagine how things looked for Texans fans heading into that final drive against the Colts, uh, knowing that we're about to make some just ridiculous plays and give away the number one overall pick, even though the teams have competing interests, I think, yeah. uh, in terms of where they're going. <laughs> Still, it doesn't you, – now Now you bring into play, right, the the possibility that someone could trade up and take the number one overall pick and perhaps take Bryce Young or, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, it's like there. it's such a it's such a wild way the thing that's played out. And, again, I don't even think we know just yet just how, mu how much of an impact this one meaningless game could have for a decade to come based on how things look when that NFL draft starts in several months. Yeah, it's not always as striking as the difference in getting Trevor Lawrence seems to be um, between the Jags and Jets. Uh, like you said, it's going to take time 
to see the impact here, but it is there's it's just it's something that's built in. Maybe it's not fair um, to these teams at the top of the draft. This is the system that's in place, but the NFL has acknowledged yeah. in the past it's an we're an entertainment business, right? Like this this creates this kind of drama and fun for everyone to watch and um, all these storylines that come along with it. It's just all built in. It's what they want, uh, and it played out better than they could have imagined. It kind of was like the uh afterthought at certain times at least for uh scott hansen's red zone in terms of you know they're following on the playoff games or the games that have playoff implications mm-hmm. um and then it's like wait a second the texans are still here and they're still you know early in the game i was like wow they're taking the lead but then you felt like the colts kind of started pulling away and then yeah those those two fourth downs especially the last fourth and 20 or whatever it was i mean just absurd like you said middle finger on the way out uh from lovey it feels like it kind of seemed like he knew he was going to be gone regardless so uh even then he's not going to tell his team as he talked about to try to lose the game but at the same time uh, obviously wouldn't have benefited them so for him to to know he's probably leaving then to cost them the number one pick it's just uh, a little bit of poetic justice there um and now not even just like we said cost them the number one pick and maybe they're completely happy with cj stroud and maybe maybe uh, the bears don't get the trade package they want and then they they sit tight and, and draft uh, will anderson or jalen carter and and then he's, yeah. Bryce is still there at number two. It's all possible. Um, but to go from there, them being the number one pick to possibly losing Bryce, say he was the guy they really wanted, and the Colts simultaneously in their division going from a seventh or eighth pick or whatever it's going to be to the fourth pick, now having the ammunition to possibly trade with Chicago, where Chicago still feels like they can probably get Anderson yep. or Carter uh, at four. It is, uh, Yeah, it's a really interesting thing. I, I think more likely the Colts we've seen with Ballard, they've been patient. Um, I think they'll take some potentially quarterback there, but it might not be uh, Bryce, obviously. Uh, I think he's probably going to go one or two. If someone doesn't trade up, um, then likely he would go at two. But uh, it's just a cra- it was just absolutely wild how just a seemingly meaningless game. And I wish this game was in Houston because I would have been really curious to see like yeah, more Texan like, fans and their reactions, oh right? Like, because we know yeah. for a fact if the Jets, when they were, you know, this is in 2020 when there's no fans um, outside of like a few of the Super Bowl and some of the playoff games and some games down the stretch, but there were no games, fans at Jets games. I can only imagine when they, you know, if they'd been playing in LA when they beat the Rams in 2020, if the Jets fans yeah. in attendance like, being upset <laughs> i'm sure that would have been like booing in this case um just a, a wacky kind of game that I, I don't even think the colts fans in attendance knew what to if they should be happy or not the way that they were kind of reacting it was just a weird kind of circumstance and now this seemingly seemingly meaningless game could have a huge impact for years and years on both teams yep a wild sequence uh, to say the least with how everything unfolded there. Uh, but we do, again, know the number one pick. It's not the Texans. Uh, could have been, but it's not. And we'll see how long-term impact that will have once we get closer to draft time. All right, Dylan, anything else uh, before we wrap up again? We, we'll talk about the playoffs in the next episode. Uh, but, boy, just um, just a wild Week 18. And, again, there's a lot of a lot of things still to come uh, with a lot of teams, a lot of coaches, um, still a lot to, to figure out for, for many franchises in the NFL. Yeah, so many – I mean, we'll see because, you know, past years we've had more of these openings come up with uh, with coaches. It seems a little slow so far. Uh, we're recording it Monday at 5 Eastern at the moment. Uh, so, you know, from like 4 to 5 Eastern time, things could change pretty quickly um, at any moment. But uh, in terms of other stuff, I mean, we, I know we, we talked a lot about the Lions and Rams today, and it's something that I – we were going to talk about at some point and I think it could be a good point right now because we're going to otherwise with the playoffs and whatnot maybe something we revisit later but kind of looking back at the Stafford trade I I know that he's like I said today 
Uh, looks like he's going to come back next season. It feels like he's not going to have the same injury issues with his elbow. And then obviously his next stuff seems like everything should be good where he can have a full camp uh, and what that could mean for them. But regardless, I think the question was kind of, and I've seen this kind of floated around is people asking who won that trade between the Lions and Rams. My initial take as a Rams fan is it's hard to say the Rams lost because they won a Super yeah. Bowl. Um, but I, I, I can't say the Ram, uh, the Lions. I, I think this is, a, you know, maybe there's too many times where we say there's win-win trades, but I really do feel like the matchup of and it, it worked in part because the GM of the Lions is Brad Holmes and uh, worked for the uh, Rams for over a decade and was a big part of their organization. And you have that kind of cohesion between those two sides when they pull that trade off to be aware of where the Rams were, what they needed to get over the hump. It was a gamble. It still paid off with the Super Bowl, but now with the Lions, I mean, it's hard to argue that uh, they didn't make the right decision given how you know they finished four games ahead of the Rams this year, just one you know only one season removed from that trade. Um, they have the number six pick. They're just building all the assets. Given where they were, where Stafford was, I, I really I do believe that it was um, a win-win for for both teams, and I I think for the Lions it could mean a lot for where they're moving uh, forward and how they were able to even last year manipulate the picks and trade back at times and you know trade up and they kind of went back and forth with what they're doing but you look at where the roster is and what Jamison Williams only comes in at the end of the season and you see his explosiveness and man um I think the Lions are going to be I'm super excited uh, to see what they do and it's a weird case as a Rams fan where I'm like you, you think you'd be sad about like oh man we traded this pick and it's gonna be in the top 10 instead i'm like i'm excited to see what the lions do um I, i'm excited i want them to do well um kind of it's a weird relationship between Lions and rams fans the rams kind of let them down i guess by not letting them into the postseason but losing did make that pick a little better so we got that going but i'm curious what if you have a different take well, or if you think that one team maybe gets the edge in this case for that trade. i feel like there were different expectations like the lions at the time like the expectation was not to win a super bowl and I think when you looked at it from that standpoint, like the Rams make that trade because they feel like their window to win the Super Bowl was right there. And they ultimately yeah. did that. So I, I think when you look at it from that standpoint, the Rams got what they wanted out of the deal. I mean, the Lions, it's like, you know, again, it's not like they were, yes, like they lost a good player that led the Rams to the Super Bowl, but can you really say the Lions like lost the trade? No, because I, I no, think, like not. you said, it's like, I think it's a win-win. Like, I know that's kind of a cop-out answer, but, like, I feel like both sides of the, the point here probably got exactly what they needed based on the expectations. Um, the expectation was that the Rams could win a Super Bowl if they had better quarter, which is, I know, very interesting now because we're talking about Jared Goff, who, you know, again, has done quite well for himself exactly. this season. But, um, yeah, like, it's, it's an interesting discussion because I think, again, the Rams got what they wanted out of the situation – Ultimately, the Lions have gotten where they wanted to get to out of the situation, and I feel like everyone's better off for it. So, I think in that instance, it's it's I think it's more of a you know the Rams to me win because they won the Super Bowl, <laughs> but you know the Lions though if if we are actually being honest about it, we know that was not where they were headed, and it was something they had to do to be able to move into the next phase of you know their franchise which involved a lot of moving parts but yeah i mean it's i mean i i come out of it like i i do feel that way i think it's like well both parties ultimately got what they needed out of it i think and 
are both are better off. So yeah, yeah. I agree. There, there's like I think part of it too when I first was looking over this, there was a little revisionist history going on with people saying no, that Jared no Goff. Way. No, no, not never. from you, but never. yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I know <laughs> that's what I mean. Yeah. At, never, Jared that would Goff. never be the case, right? People were saying like Jared Goff's a better quarterback than Stafford. And it's like. I don't know how you could have watched the games last year and thought that the Rams would have yeah. pulled off some of the, the things that they did without uh, Stafford in there, not to say take anything away from what Jared has uh, done this season. And I think from his point of view, I, I think the fresh start, uh, you know, how tied together him and McVay were and some of the things and the, the friction that started to develop, I think it was just, again, another example of this trade being the best case for not just the Stafford, uh, for Matthew Stafford and the Lions and the Rams, but also for Jared. Um I think it just on basically it hits on each point of, and to again just to think that the Rams would be have done what they did last year with Jared instead. I I, I think that discredits what Stafford did, and I know he had injuries and stuff and whatever you want to take from this what happened in 2022. But I mean, <laughs> they were a completely different offense week one yeah. last season through the through the Super Bowl. Some of the plays that he made against the Bucks. Um, you know, gets away with one big one against the Niners, but some other big throws, obviously, in that game and the Super Bowl. It's hard to it's hard to say that um, the Rams have the like the kind of infrastructure as a system at this moment in 2022 that the Lions had with the weapons they have, the offensive line strength and the youth. Um, just yeah, that trade really kickstarted everything for what Detroit's becoming right now. But and even if the Rams hadn't won the Super Bowl, I think I don't think it's bad. Uh, a bad uh, approach to try to <laughs> fix up a, a position that's very important like quarterback to to take a shot at the getting a ring and I, I i maybe i'm in the minority but i think the rams uh, next year if with these guys healthy still should in the nfc maybe not maybe not if it was if they're in the afc but i think they still should have playoff expectations next year pending stafford cup donald not being completely hurt them and not not completely whiffing on this draft with an offensive line that over the course of the year even with all the injuries started to play better and you think about the guys are going to come back i don't know but um yeah it's just an interesting kind of thing that um especially with the lines capping off the season like this again i uh, i don't know we, we quickly forget what just happened a year ago and what stafford and the rams were able to do so it's just an interesting thing yeah yeah, that's like we said, kind of star. That's the, the drop off they had can make you really kind of rethink some things and start to yep. play the revisionist history a little bit. But yeah, I mean they they are the defending Super Bowl champions. They will not be in the playoffs to defend that championship. But um, there will be a new champion crown. We'll, we'll see if the Rams can get back on track next season uh, with or without their current head coach. And we'll see again what things look like for Matthew Stafford uh, moving forward. So there you go. There are some thoughts on, again, uh, a lot of things, not just Week 18, but a lot of decisions uh, to be made throughout the NFL uh, regarding, again, head coaching jobs, defensive coordinators, GMs, um, drafts. Like, there's a lot. This is, as we know, kind of that fallout at the end of the regular season. But the playoffs are near, Dylan. And, uh, and of course, we got it all covered over Clutch Points. Let everybody know where they can find all of that. You can go to the Clutch Points app to follow all the playoff games coming up in the NFL section, too. You can read all of our stuff looking over the best candidates for all the coaching openings, covering all the news rumors going on with those injury updates. Um, already looking, I'm sure, pretty soon at uh, possible new teams for Aaron Rodgers, just like we, it's becoming an annual tradition to to debate this, and then nothing ends up happening. But we will still all be uh, all together, still look over that. Um, you can go to clutchpoints.com to our NFL section there. The site's revamped. Everything's working pretty well right now um 
a whole a whole thing. I, I'm just excited about what we're doing with our NFL coverage overall as a company, but also yeah, the playoffs are just so fun to follow and I think this year you know last year set a high expectation when you think about the divisional games and every every result coming down to the final play uh being uh whether it be field goals or the overtime touchdown from the Chiefs team winning a lot of really close championship games in the Super Bowl but um man you look at the quarterback set and I know that two of there's a probably greater chance than not that he's not going to play but you look at the seven quarterbacks in the AFC and you see that Patrick Mahomes is the oldest at 27, and you look at the talent of those guys, it's like I just get so excited thinking about the future of that conference and overall the league. But, um, yeah, it just should be a really fun playoff. Yep, we'll talk about them all, uh, as you, you talked about in our next episode. But for now, find everything at Clutch Points. Check out all the great stuff there. And uh, as always, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Any podcast app you use, search for Establish the Pass. Thanks, as always, for listening to the podcast, and we'll talk to you next time here on the Establish the Pass podcast.